Hey, hello, how are you? This is a show for everyone else. Instead of going after top 1% of the world, we dedicate this podcast to celebrate the lives of the unsung heroes and self-made artists. Some people, you know, their business was failing. They need, they need cash flow now. They need to move forward. And and a, the the big thing that was holding them back was mindset. A lot of times, strategy. I could teach strategy and techniques and all that all day long, but unless their mindset is in the right place, none of that's going to matter. When you go into a on into a business and you become an entrepreneur, you know it's different. Right? You get paid for results. You don't get paid for time. You can put 40 hours into your business and make no money. People say to me, how much, what's your rate? What's your hourly rate? And I say, well, obviously I know roughly how many hours I'm gonna be working with a client to get an outcome, but it's not so much about an hourly rate, is it's about the value that you're creating for them. What is the outcome that you're creating? But what I also look at is what are the other areas in their life? Because to me, success is holistic. So even though I'm a business coach, I understand that they're a human being. I'm working with a human being that has a family, that has relationships, health, desires, goals, and their personal goals, as well as business goals. Hi guys, this is Fei Wu, and you're listening to the Face World Podcast my world, all the people I love and continue to stay in touch with and to learn from. If you are a content creator or a podcaster, I think you'll find this episode helpful in finding your voice, understanding the process and playing the long game. There's much to be said about playing the long game, but how do people do it in the field remains a mystery to a degree. It's not as glamorous as you think. And it doesn't start or end with a Tesla or whatever is that you you're into. It's about the privilege to show up for what you love and what you do. And for me and other guests on my show, and hopefully you too, is that we continue to do this tomorrow, the week after or decades from now. Today on the show, I'm joined by Nicole Jansen. For the past 30 years, Nicole has coached and trained thousands of leaders, helping them achieve extraordinary results in business and in life. She is a certified human behavior specialist, business breakthrough coach, and strategic intervention coach. Nicole has developed her own very special brand of mentorship, which focuses on tapping into your own strength and true purpose to create lasting results and success. On a recent call with Nicole to talk about a mastermind group, uh, which is the Alt Podcasters, I started for podcasters since October 2017, she gave me a ton of new ideas and pinpointed our value add in minutes. I also discussed FaceWorld's very first online course and new service scheduled to release in June uh, this year in 2018, which is to help English-speaking podcasters launch their shows in China. Nicole's feedback on that was equally relevant and helpful. She's the founder of Discover the Edge, and Nicole's clients are mission-driven and range from startup entrepreneurs to large franchise organizations. 
Recently, I also appeared on Nicole's podcast called Leaders of Transformation after she reached out to me on Facebook out of all places. It was a delightful conversation and a continuation from our chat on the phone earlier this year because Nicole isn't only a coach, but a podcaster herself. She brings that unique point of view to our show. Without further ado, please welcome the lovely Nicole Jansen to the Face World podcast. So, Nicole Jansen, I'm so excited to have you on the show. First of all, I am so thrilled for you because while I was gone, I noticed you have a brand new website and so much new content. Oh, thank you. Yeah, the I have two websites. So the uh, one that you're referring to is the podcast website, leadersoftransformation.com. And that was a lot of work because there was already, as you know, with podcasts, you have all these episodes up. And when we transferred it over, it uh, changed all the links. We wanted to keep them the same, but for SEO purposes, we uh, we were advised to to change them all. So it was just making sure all of that went over smoothly. So yeah, I'm really excited about it. Uh, so tell, I mean, tell us a bit about it. I mean, this is kind of um, selfish on my side to want to learn more. Like, what what was what was the process like? I mean, first of all, what motivates you to do something different? Well, I the funny thing is when I started my podcast, I didn't know where it was going to go. I, I just was like, oh, let's see what happens, right? So um, I had this divine download, okay, you're going to do this podcast, but I still didn't know where it was going to go. So I had some fun with it and thought, yeah, I'm just going to put a little website up there. I'm actually going to do it myself. And so I thought I would challenge myself by learning how to do it, which I did. And I don't ever want to do it again. <laughs> so I was like, fun. And let's not, let's, you know, hire somebody else next time. So it was a pretty basic website and it was overdue for a new one because I had 160 episodes up there. It's hard to find things. They were all just literally listed all, you know, in the order that they were released. And it was hard to, you know, because there's different categories they kind of fall into and stuff. So I wanted that. I wanted a new, fresh look. You know, the thing with, any kind of marketing pieces, you know this because this is your business, you got to love it yourself. Because if you don't get excited about it, then sure as heck nobody else is going to get excited about it, right? It's like there's an energy vibe that that you give off. I remember that from when I had once a, a, a business card with a logo that I was really happy about. And everybody said, oh my gosh, that's such a great card, such a great card. And then uh, funny enough, the same guy who did my website, this website now, um, is the one that did that logo. This back in 2007. And he's like, you need a new logo. And I said, no, no, everybody loves my logo. Long story short, he redoes, he redoes my logo. And the day that he showed it to me and I was like, oh my gosh, I love it. I was out networking all that week and continuing. I would give out my card with the old logo on it and nobody said anything. And it was like, there was a shift because I was excited about something new and I was no longer, I just saw the contrast. And so you know, it was just so funny how people actually responded and they didn't even know. They just, just stopped, you know, stopped mentioning it anymore and uh, until I had my new logo. And then everybody was, not that our business is a whole lot more than a logo, but, you know, we've got to be excited about our website. We've got to be excited about what we're putting out there because if we're not, then it's not going to resonate with other people. That's my opinion. 
It, you know, designing websites isn't anything new in 2018, but I find that um, for, for my own business, like you mentioned, I've done a lot of really interesting projects with entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and websites similar to yours. Um, not that I've exclusively done podcast websites. It's been so interesting having these conversations and watching the process and learning from it and having, you know, one-on-one conversations with business owners. So, I mean, I really love the fresh look. I think it works so well, particularly because we, we both run podcasts. And one thing I notice about your show is that you don't just talk about one thing, right? Like super narrow. And, uh, but instead you talk about spirituality, relationships, health, leadership, transformation, all of that. So one thing I notice is that you are laying out all of them and giving a preview into, you know, what some of these people are about, what they look like. And so did you come up with this idea on your own? I mean, how, how did you go about this? Because homepage and just user experience can be really tough on your own. Well, I do, uh, I do have to say that I did not design it on my own, certainly. Uh, Harv Craven, this is a plug for Harv Craven uh, from harvcravendesign.com, amazing guy, and I'm uh, so grateful. In fact, I put him on my website. He's actually there under, it's on the, uh, it's the about page at the bottom, and I, and I give a, a thank you out to him, and actually it's funny because I, I shared my website before it was live with a few people and I had a couple of people going like, why is he there? Right. It's kind of odd. And, you know, to have, cause normally people will put right on the bottom of a website, you know, designed by, and there's just a link. I, I wanted to acknowledge the hard work that he put in, in designing it and taking my ideas of what I wanted and creating that visually and of course, doing all the functionality and everything. And so I wanted him there. And uh, I thought, no, no, that's what, as a leader of transformation, and I, I, I've got to walk my talk, right? <laughs> so I, I celebrate people's genius. I am excited about what, and I'm grateful for what people are doing out there that even they're supporting me. So um, yeah, so he actually was the one that designed it. We looked at a number of different websites. There's a lot of podcast websites that are really busy. Um, some big names, you and I both know them well. They're they're the, some of the biggest in the business, but their website just seems so busy or, you know, or so self-promoting for the podcast host. And I didn't want that. And uh, so we looked at some different sites and actually Tony Robbins site, even though of course it is Tony Robbins. So it's promoting, but I liked the design and I liked the feel of, of his. And so he, uh, he worked off of some ideas that he had seen there and, uh, and, and what I had said that I really wanted and then developed it from there. So I got to give the credit to Harv. He's the one who made it like that. So, wow. I love it because, you know, sometimes it's a, it's a hard business to be in because a lot of the business owners, once they work with you, they do want take credits for the great work you've done together, which they should. I mean, without them, there wouldn't be a business to begin with. Hence, there's no need for a website. It's tough to be an artist these days. Any kind of, you know, web artist or graphic design artist, traditional artist. And the fact that I think setting, setting it as an example to showcase their work and to really appreciate that, I think will only encourage people to do better work and to do it longer. I like yes. that. Well, and 
how many, I mean, you talk about artists, how many artists, how many ghostwriters, yeah, their, their credits are somewhere buried on a page somewhere or buried in a website, like on the bottom, as I said, in the link, but they, yeah, they're the unsung heroes, right? Like this is what you, these are the types of people that you have on your podcast or those unsung heroes that, yeah, they, they don't get acknowledged for their work. And I think they should, I think they should get acknowledged and of course paid for not just a, Hey, thanks, pat on the back, but a, you know, uh, they should be paid for their work. They should be uh, compensated in so many more ways than just even money because it is their creativity. It's their heart that they're putting into this. It's their unique. I mean, they're, they're actually creating it on nothing. So I have a great deal of respect for uh, artists and uh, that's written art, like written, the written word. Oh my goodness. There is some, um, there's amazing people that write. I know Jocelyn Duffy is one of the people that I've had on my podcast She's she's amazing when it comes to writing in the written word. And I'm just I'm in awe of people being so talented. But, yeah, there's just so, so many talented people out there. And, and uh, you know, I, I love seeing the strengths in other people. That's what my coaching business and my training business has all been uh, based on is discovering and playing to your strengths, building a business around what you are great at. What's your genius? What's what do you love doing? And then what you can make money at and bringing those three things uh, together, that's the sweet spot. Absolutely. And I really love your show. I love the community you've created. Like you said, I think you really motivated me to start a community instead of thinking everybody has made it. There are already Facebook groups with tens of thousands of people. What's the point of me getting myself out there and being in your community? Even though I don't even use Facebook much, I could just see the authenticity and the connection and the comments. I mean, people don't even comment anymore, right? Like is the most you will ever get out of it, the reshare, the comments. And instead of, and when I say comment, I don't just mean good job, good for you, uh, congrats, right? It's specific feedback that I've seen among people who are meeting each other because of you. So I definitely want to talk about your podcast and the fact that you have so many episodes and the people, interesting people you meet. But first, if you don't mind, I would love to talk about your coaching business. I have, since I guess a couple of years ago, always known some of my friends who have been coaches and who have been doing it for a long time. And more recent years, I noticed that, don't want to call it the trend, but there are a lot of people trying to get into that space that you probably know. So I would love to know your origin story as a coach, when you got started, maybe why you got started. Sure. Yeah, this industry has exploded over the last few years. It's been incredible, um, and which is exciting because that means there's just a lot more people out there that are not only helping others, and supporting others in their growth and having you know, have their happiness, whatever it is that they're looking for. Uh, but that also means that in order for them to be a coach, they've been through a coaching program and they've worked on their own stuff. So there is this evolution of, of people or enlightenment of, of people really tapping into you know, their pain, their story, their past, clearing those, you know, those hurts away so that they can actually be clear and empowered and finding their purpose you know, and so that they can do that. Well, you know, for me, I, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. I mean, my parents were entrepreneurs. I started my own business. I was helping them in their business when I was very young. How young? I I would love to get into some of these stories too. Yeah. So 
they actually started a home-based business when I was seven. My dad owned a, a garage repair shop, uh, an Esso. So we're in Canada at that time. I, I'm, I'm Canadian and um, moved down to the U.S. Uh, six years ago. So he had a garage business and it was a like an Exxon type. This was Esso station, which is the equivalent of the Exxon Mobil here in the U.S. And worked really hard. They were just on always entrepreneurs. My mother worked in the in the shop. And but they started a home-based business in the network marketing space when I was seven. And I was like, we we were taught that it was a home team, right? We were all in it together. And that was our culture. My parents are European and that's just what they knew. There's like, hey, we're all in this together. We all work hard. We all succeed together. We 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 enjoy the benefits and the rewards of it uh, as a result too. So when I was seven, I was like, well what can I do to help? I don't know, seven years old, right? But I wanted to chip in some way. And so I ended up opening boxes and then I was stocking shelves. And by the time I was 12, I was doing a lot of the ordering, the back-end ordering. By the time I was 14, I was also doing it for our upline as well because they were traveling a lot. They were away for six months out of the year. So uh, I started my, and I had businesses. I was making jewelry in grade six, you know, selling to my friends. I think it was in grade five, grade five and six. And, uh, you know, so I've always been that entrepreneurial. I had my business. We, my mom and I would go to the flea markets and stuff. But uh, so, yeah, fast forward, I, I, I registered my first official business when I was 16. Um, and in the process of that and also working in my in my family's business, I ended up uh, onboarding a lot of people, entrepreneurs. So I started my own network marketing team, but also did outside of that sales and marketing, B2B business um, sales. And so I was involved. I kind of like was, it was like immersion. So I was involved with knee deep into business ownership, entrepreneurship, uh, training, coaching people. And for some reason, I'm personally very interested in childhood stories. You said you started business when you were 16. What type of business was it? Yeah. So I started a team in network marketing, but I also, I didn't even know what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to be in business for myself because, you know, I, we were around a lot of entrepreneurs. And so I thought, yeah, this this sounds good. I don't want to go have a job and work for somebody else and have them tell me when to go. I can take you know lunch and all that. So I went downtown in downtown Toronto on University Avenue, and that was, this is before the internet, of course. So I went and registered my company name, and I called it ProNet International. It was standard for you know stood for Professional Networking International. I had no idea what that business was going to be. And in fact, they asked me and said, well, what's the type of business cat? You know, what, what category does it go in? And I went, geez, I don't know. Uh, sales and marketing. So that's what I put down sales and marketing. But then uh, what I ended up doing is actually selling fax machines door to door. That's where I started. What I learned really quickly is that business is about, it's real simple. I mean, there's a lot of different components to it, but bottom line, it's having a product to sell or a service and a customer to provide it to right? So there's the exchange, real simple. And so I got a line on wholesale, on, on wholesale fax machines. They just come out onto the market, $2,500 fax machines. And I was like, great. So I can buy it at this price, sell it at this price, make a profit. Who needs fax machines? My friends weren't buying fax machines and big companies were not certainly, that just sounded like it was going to be a difficult go because they're not going to let me in the door. I'm 16 years old, a 17 year old. They're going to like listen to this 17 year old, 16 year old. So I just thought, well, the first, you know, the, the, the shortest path from point A to point B is, uh, is going to the industrial areas and walking in. So I went door to door and started walking into smaller businesses and getting to the decision maker 
and sharing them with them what I had. And I quickly realized I wasn't passionate about fax machines. So I went on for fax machines and, and sold all sorts of things under the sun, uh, products, services, mostly business to business, and uh, spent quite a bit of time doing incentive programs, actually, for employee incentive programs, client uh, gifts, th- those types of things. And yeah, one time I was actually in, I think it was Volvo, and they said, uh, I don't know how I ended up there, but I was in my early 20s and I was uh, selling them these incentive program, these things that we had. And they said, well, you know, this looks good, but what, you know, what's really new these days is baskets. You know, do you sell baskets? And I went, absolutely. How many do you need? And they said, we need 175 baskets for, you know, three weeks. And I went, no problem. What's your budget? Okay, great. And I left there and I went, where the heck am I going to find these baskets? But I did. I found them. And so I was now in the basket business, <laughs> so, but that's just, you know, this being resourceful and, and, and so, yeah, fast forward to that, of course, you asked me about how I got into actual coaching. I didn't really see any of that as coaching. I didn't see, I just was doing what I was doing. I was helping people launch their own business. I was out there networking a lot, going to a lot of networking events, teaching people what I learned. And, uh, and then of course, through the business that I ended up partnering with my parents on, and we developed a very successful, uh, seven, eight figure business there. And so we had a lot of people, thousands of people that we helped to, to launch into business for themselves. So there's a lot of onboarding, training, coaching mindset, work, of course, along the way. there, you're listening to the Face World Podcast. I'm your host, Fei Wu. Today on the show, Nicole Jansen, who has coached and trained thousands of leaders, helping them achieve extraordinary results in business and in life. She's also the host and creator for the podcast named Leaders of Transformation. I didn't realize that maybe the beginning and the inception of your own coaching business um, was, uh, you know, had your parents involved. Um, so did well, they weren't. Yeah, the that was in the network marketing uh, business. So we were doing. So I never thought of it as coaching them. Um, we were just doing what we need to do because this was this was part of the model, right? But it was later when somebody asked me, and I, and and I started to discover the edge in two thousand five. And I had someone shortly thereafter, I was doing workshops. I was teaching people personality dynamics because I'm certified in teaching DISC. And I had people starting to come up to me and saying, I want you to coach me. And I would say, I'm not a coach. Like I'm not, I was thinking therapist back then. There weren't that many coaches that I knew. And so I thought therapist, you know, black couch, ask, you know, Socratic questions and let them figure it out eventually, self-discovery. And it just seemed like a very long process to me. I didn't really, you know, I was like, I'm going to tell you what I need to do. Like, I'm not going to let you, you know, wallow in it for that long. No, no, no. I really want you to, uh, really want you to help uh, coach me in, in uh, growing my business, whatever. So I ended up doing that and also did some life coaching as well. Just people from different places started coming and asking me to coach. And so I agreed to coach them and I'm like, well, how do I do this? And I hired a coach, actually hired several coaches and that had formal structures for coaching. And then I realized, oh my gosh, I have been doing this my whole life. And that's, that's where it, it started. But yeah, my mom is actually one of my greatest coaches is my mom. My dad, I would say he's not really much of a, he, he was never much of a coach some more. Well, he, 
He actually was, but he's more of a cheerleader, rah-rah type of coach. Hey, well, you champ, need both. You know, he'll be awesome. Absolutely need both. Yes. So, you know, as you can imagine, I bet there are plenty of people who come to you for two reasons. One's they're looking for a coach, word of mouth, learn great things about you. But also, have you experienced people coming to you because they want to become coaches themselves? And if so, what are some of the advice that you give them? Yeah, great question. And I've had a lot of, yeah, I've had a lot of both. Uh, Certainly as I developed and I wanted to develop my coaching skills, I didn't just go with what I had known and even from what I got from my coaches that I'd hired, although that is a great way to learn is firsthand. I mean, some of these coaches, they're taking a weekend course and they are now a certified life coach, right? And hopefully they have life experience that they're borrowing upon and, and it's a natural gift for them. For me, I what I what I did is I, I got to the point where I wanted to get better results for my clients and faster. It's like, what does it take to compress the space for them? Because some of them don't have, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a results driven person. And, but I also saw the urgency, like some people, you know, their business was failing. They need, they need cash flow Now they need to move forward. And, and a, the, the big thing that was holding them back was mindset. A lot of times strategy, I could teach strategy and techniques and all that all day long, but unless they have the mind, their mindset is in the right place. None of that's going to matter. And so I started doing uh, coaching programs, advanced uh, coaching and leadership programs, honing my skills and saying, what does it take to, and that's why I do actually enjoy Tony Robbins because, and appreciate him because he's a master at it, right? Some people like him, some people hate him, yeah, whatever. I've been you know to his I, workshop, or oh, two days, three days, I forgot. The guy knows what he's doing. I mean, he you know, you see him when he does intervention, he's very powerful and he's got a lot of techniques. So I ended up, one of the programs, I worked with Blair Singer for about uh, five years. I've worked with um, Advanced Coaching and Leadership Center. I uh, did a Tony Robbins one-year uh, strategic intervention coaching program with him. No way. Uh, one year with Tony Robbins, you said? Well, it Sorry. wasn't pri- – it's a group coaching. It's through Robbins Madonna's training. But it's based on Tony's material. And so what they do is they uh, – it's Chloe Madonna's and Tony Robbins, and it's facilitated by Mark Pesha and his wife, Ma Magley wonder amazing coaches what they do through that or through that um year they give you a year to complete it basically you can compress it and do it six months but it's it's online work and then they have buddy partner sessions and different things that they have and in in live calls and stuff where you can ask questions but it's it's unpacking his you know his work how he does it you know how you can use it in your own coach so it was fantastic one of the best programs that i've that I've done. And so when you say like when people come to me and they, they want to be a coach, they've got to realize that number one, you do need to number one, deal with your own stuff, right? You got to get past your own stories. We've all got our stories. We're always peeling back the layer, but you got to get to the point where your stories, your pain, whatever the upsets are not showing up in the coaching, if that makes sense. And, and so, because then you, then you're able to be there fully present with your clients. So what do we need to do to get you to that point? That's number one. Number two is recognizing that it is a business. It's not just, yeah, people go, Oh, I want to go help people. Right. Okay, great. Awesome. We all do. Right. I've always been built. I've always built a business around a a, a purpose and being mission driven. Every business I've ever built uh, over the years, you know, has been around that. 
this is kind of funny because I hate shopping, whatever. At one point I had a consult, uh, image consulting business, you know, and would go in and teach. And I'm like, why am I doing this? I hate, I hate shopping and whatever, <laughs> keeping up with all the fashions, but I've done all these, everything. there was always a purpose to it of why I did it, you know, and the passion behind it. So recognizing that number one, you got to get, you, you got to get clear in your own stuff. Oh, number two, of course, you got to build, develop your skills. So as a coach and number three, you got to understand that it is a business and it's got to be sustainable and profitable because you can go out there and give away free coaching, which a lot of coaches, they, they, you know, they wear their heart on, on their sleeve, right? They want to go out and help people. But if you're not doing it in a way that is sustainable and profitable, you're not going to be able to do it for very long. Yeah, that's such a great topic and it's a short list and it's easily memorable. I talked to several coaches and honestly, I've put them, I either have been interviewed by them or interviewed them on my show and friends. That's the most common, I guess, almost like a misconception that come up that people think, a lot of people think coaches are really wealthy. And when they think of coaches, they do think of Tony Robbins and people along that line. I, When I talk to coaches, uh, several of them starting out, they're really struggling to find clients. And I would go as far as adding to that once they find clients, I think they're not clear on just not just what they're delivering, but also how to charge. So do you have some insights to how they should, you know, sort of go about learning that information and processing all that? Well, there are some really great programs out there that speak to, you know, what to charge, how to increase your prices. Yeah, the biggest thing is, and this goes for actually all business owners, I find, entrepreneurs, I find people that come out of the corporate world, or at least as an employee, and they now transition into business. I, I have been a, an, a, um, an employee over the years, like technically working on certain projects where I've been as an employee, but I've always been the entrepreneur, so I always approached it. And the reason why I was asked to work on those particular projects was because I had a business owner mindset. The reason why I say that is because this goes back to pricing is that because when you're an employee, you're so used to trading time for money. I work 40 hours, I get paid 40 hours. My hourly rate, I get paid X number of dollars per hour. When you go into a, on, into a business and you become an entrepreneur, you know, it's different, right? You get paid for results. You don't get paid for time. You can put 40 hours into your business and make no money, right? Into your business. What does that mean? Maybe it's social media, marketing, developing content, prospecting, right? You can be doing, oops, you can be doing all those things and still make no money, right? It's about creating results. So when you're pricing, don't look at it. People say to me, how much, what's your rate? What's your hourly rate? And I say, well, Obviously, I know roughly how many hours I'm going to be working with a client to get an outcome, but it's not so much about an hourly rate is it's about the value that you're creating for them. What is the outcome that you're creating? Right. And and price it based on that. And of course, you're looking at experience. What I always encourage new coaches that are starting out is to get some testimonials. Doesn't mean you have to work for free, by the way, to get those testimonials. That's a that's an easy way to do it. Sure. But experiences with with um, giving away free coaching is people don't value what they don't pay for. So it's a long answer, but it's fundamentally, it's shifting the way people look at the pricing structure so that when I say to people, look, this is how much, this is my rate per, per month, 
right? So I do a monthly rate or a program rate based on how long we're going to be working together, but it's based on we're going to get you to this outcome, even to the extent where I will say to people, look, this is the outcome. We agree. This is what we're looking to, to achieve in your business. And if I don't, if we don't by this time, we both agree, this is reasonable. You do everything I recommend. And this is for the business coaching. Um, but if we get to that point and you haven't achieved, you've done everything I recommended and you haven't gotten to the result that we've agreed to, I will suspend billing until we do because I stand behind what my coaching is, right? I stand behind my ability to create, help you create results. But of course, that that requires that they are doing what I recommend. If they don't, then of course it nullifies that because I can't guarantee results if they're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. I like that. I actually started to see some of the online courses even saying 100% money back guaranteed, but you have to show us evidence of the fact that you're working on it. So I find the evidence part to be really interesting because you need to be able to see something and measure something. And I think it depends on the business that evidence could also be very different. In your opinion, what are some of the outcomes that are reasonable, right? Because I'm sure some clients, type A clients be like, I want my business to be, you know, three times or whatever, $10 million. Like what are some of the outcomes that you think are reasonable and feasible? Yeah, that's a that's a tough question to answer because it depends on the size of the business and the stage and where they're at. And every business is different, right? So, you know, some businesses I look at, and of course I have to know what is actually going on in the business. They got to tell me the truth, right? I know I need to know where their financials are. This is not a guesswork. This is not about what they tell me. It's like, if you've seen the profit with Marcus Limonis, it's classic, right? He says, look, show me the numbers, then I'll know, right? You can tell me all day long what you think the business is, but when we look at the numbers, the numbers don't lie. So we look at those and we look at patterns and we see where the business is at. And then we look at, and I look at and say, okay, where do you want to go with this? By when? What do you have in place? And I also look at mindset. Where are they at? Like how coachable are they? You know, what market are they in? What product? What is their, what is the potential in the market? So there's different factors that I look at, but you're right. A lot of people are unrealistic. Another thing about when people are hiring coaches, now let's look at the flip side, people that are hiring coaches. I've had people that have said to me, and I've literally coached thousands of people over the last number of years, because it been now 13 years or so formally, right? Plus even way before then. And, you know, you get people that come to me and they'll say, you know, okay, well, you know, I need you to motivate me or I need you to fix my business. Well, there's, that's not what a job, that's not my job, right? So be clear when somebody's, when, so when you're the coach, be clear with the person who's coming to you about what the expectations are, what their expectations are and what your expectations are. It's a two-way street. So I'll, I'll interview them as much as they're interviewing me, because if I'm going to put my, my reputation, my name behind it, then I need to know that they're committed, they're ready to, to play, right? Because otherwise it's going to frustrate me. And there's been there's been times, not too many, but I have uh, fired clients because they aren't doing what they said they were going to do and they're not taking the recommendations and they're not being coachable. And I'm like, you know what? I can't take your money. Like this isn't why I do this. I don't do this to make money. Certainly that's part of every every business needs to be profitable. But I do this because I want to make an impact. And when I get, can help you get results, I'm happy. And there's been times even when I've had clients that have been happy with the results, 
but I don't feel happy with the results because they still are playing very, they're playing small. You know what I mean? Like they're like, Oh no, this is good. And I'm like, no, it's, we're not scratching the surface yet on what, on what we said we were going to do and, or what you're, what you're capable of. And it's not my goals. It's what they want, right. And getting them what they want. So it's a tough, you know, tough question to answer, um, from that standpoint, but you need to be reasonable. And even as life, a life coach, right. Somebody wants to transform the look. I mean, I've had, I don't guarantee it. Um, because again, it depends on each person. I don't make guarantees and guaranteed I'm going to increase your sales by this much money or whatever. My average is, you know, been about, well, it kind of ranges between 15 for certain businesses, 85%, 15% to 85%. Uh, on average, I say in between there is about 50% if I average it out all across the board and, uh, and doing that within three months or so. But to me, it's not just about that initial uplift. It's about building a sustainable, profitable business. So my goal is doubling the business year over year. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of business you can supercharge right in the beginning and then it falls later. So for me, it's, it's about great. Let's get that initial upswing. And I've helped people increase their sales 150% in four weeks. there, you're listening to the Face World Podcast. I'm your host, Faye Wu. Today on the show, Nicole Jansen, who has coached and trained thousands of leaders, helping them achieve extraordinary results in business and in life. She's also the host and creator for the podcast named Leaders of Transformation. First of all, thank you for the details because just by dissecting the question and making the question better it is a great way to answer it. I, you know, I guess I will add to that question. What are some of the other than financials, right? Because I feel like that's so easy, like click-through rates, like, oh, I want to three times my revenue or, you know, Faye, I need help with my podcast. Can you three times my downloads? Like people fall into that trap. Mindset is a great, you know, is a great area and also a gray area to some people. What are some others? Could you think of like a couple of other examples where people ask you to do, you know help them achieve X or Y that's outside of those categories? Absolutely. Uh, but for, yeah, so what I, when people actually, most of my clients come to me because they do want to increase their sales, their team performance, or their profitability. And, and I, so we certainly do that. But what I also look at is what are the other areas in their life? Because to me, success is holistic. So even though I'm a business coach, I understand that they're a human being. I'm working with a human being that has a family, that has relationships, health, desires, goals, and their personal goals, as well as business goals. So what I look at is uh, what are the area, like where are they at in all of those areas of their life? And what are the most important areas to them? So I actually say to my clients, look, we'll help you increase your sales, make more money. That's fine. We'll do that. Increase your team performance, restore the culture, whatever it is, right? We'll do those things. Absolutely. Well, what I really want you to do is I want you to be able to come back and say, Nicole, I love my life. If you can come back and say, Nicole, I love my life, then I know that we've not only done all those things, but you've got great healthy relationships. You've, you're healthy. You're taking care of yourself 
right? Your mind, your mind, body, and spirit are being taken care of as well as your bank account. And so for me, that's a metric. So it's, it's also the, those are the intrinsic things. It's like how you feel. Yeah. I mean, I can help increase sales in a business and have them be horribly unhappy. That's not, that's not what we're going for. So we do need to look at all of those things. And to start off with, it's even, it's just clarifying that for people, because most people, when you ask them, what do you want? They don't know. They know they want something different, but they don't even know exactly what that is. Most people like they don't come, they may say, I want to increase my sales. My sales are down. I need to increase my sales, you know, or I'm having a trouble at home with my son or this or that. They know that they want an improvement. They have a pain somewhere. It's like going to the doctor and saying, ouch, I hurt over here. But what that looks like now, they're not as clear on that. And so we help them to get clear on that. And then based on who they are and where they're at and what their commitment level is and all the different factors, then we uh, create a plan for them that is reasonable. And I believe in doing it so that it is a stretch. So here's a measurable, right? It's a stretch for them, but it's not so unrealistic that they that their brain literally shuts off and says that's this is completely impossible. So you want it in that, you know, between, so it's a stretch. It's not like, cause if you're they're just staying in their comfort zone and they're just doing the same thing and they don't have to change who they are. They don't have to change them. You know, they don't have to shift their mindset. They don't have to expand who they are and they can just stay comfort, you know, in their comfort zone. That's really not growth. You don't need a coach for that. Go talk to your friend and, you know, and have a few beers or whatever. And you can talk over some ideas of what you can do to change over that. But if you want a coach, a coach is designed not to keep, not to let you stay in the same place. It's like when you say, I want to create a new comfort zone. I want to create something new, transform an area in my life. And so it's, so it's got to be a stretch, but not so far that it's unrealistic. Oh, I'm going to make a million dollars next week. Well, you could, and there's lots of people that do that, right? There's people that make millions of dollars a day, but if you haven't made more than $50,000 a year, you know what? That, that might be a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, we got some work to do to get you there. In mindset, and actually that's the biggest thing, is it's the mindset. That's what keeps us all, and that goes for all of us, right? That's why we are where we are, is because of our mind. Our mindset influence and impacts the, the, the behaviors that we take, which impact the results that we get. Yeah. I mean, I... I really love the level of details. I think it's really fascinating. People who are coaches like yourself have the ability to interact with so many people. If it wasn't for the business, I mean, this is not the only reason. I can imagine you taking another job and still being able to, you know, outreach and connect with many. But the fact that, you know, for example, you connected more than a thousand people through your coaching program. And I want to just try to smoothly transition that by saying that in addition to your coaching program, you know, we're connected. I am not currently one of your clients because you started a podcast. Now, a lot of people think, oh, anybody has a podcast. It's easy to do. But when you actually ask someone to do it, chances are 99% of the people you talk to won't start one. I bet there are a subset of that who really tried but then felt like they didn't like their voice. They're not quite sure about the cover art. The next thing you know, they sit on some audio files for three years. So I do want to talk for five minutes or so about your show. First of all, when did you start your show? Did you have a goal or a vision when you first started? Yeah, so uh, 
Yes and no. I had this divine download and it was actually in August, it'll be three years. I woke up early one Saturday morning and it was like this divine download saying, you're going to do a podcast. It's going to be called Leaders of Transformation. You're going to interview all these, you know, amazing difference makers and world changers and, and showcase what they're doing, how they're making a difference in the world. And, uh, and that was it. And I was like, uh, when are we doing that now? Okay. Awesome. So I, I got on the phone immediately and called somebody those four hours ahead. Cause it was like four 30 in the morning. So I called somebody in Halifax and he, uh, he was up cause it was eight 30 in the morning. And I said, Hey, what do I need to know about this podcasting thing? And he gave me some basic tips. That was Mark Mawinney from natural born coaches. And he gave me some tips and I was off to the races. That was Saturday. So I spent the, 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 the morning putting it together. And you're right. A lot of people talk about podcasting and they sit on it or they start, they do a few and then it, they drop off with it. That vision. So that initial vision. So that's why I know I didn't plan on it and said, Hey, I want to do this. It was kind of this inspiration. And there was a vision that came with that, which was to uh, showcase the people that were making a difference in the world. And as I started to think about that and, and unpack that, because I, I'm a big picture person, you know, like this, I'm also very good at strategy and stuff. And so I looked at that and said, where can that go? And then I pictured, wow, you know what, for, for years, my purpose has been to transform the way people see themselves, the way they see others and the way they see the world around them. And so this ties perfectly into that. And it gives me a platform to do that. And so the vision became, wow, I could, I could actually make a difference. I could, I could speak into that. And then as I went along, uh, the vision developed itself along the way where now it's like, wow, you know what? I'm crazy enough to think as I kept talking about, and my mission was the global transformation, facilitating global transformation by inspiring active, you know, um, uh, elevating conscious awareness, inspiring active leadership. Well, what the heck was that going to look like and how that I was going to do that? I didn't know, but it's starting to come into play. So for those people that are out there just even thinking about starting a podcast, my gosh, you know what? If you have that inclination, why don't you just do it? Stop thinking about it. Just go out there and do it. What's the worst thing that can happen? You you do a few and you don't enjoy it, and but you didn't, you never know. The other side of it, the flip side is what if it does work? What if you have a lot of fun? And you know, one of the greatest gifts that I've gotten out of this is the fact that I have met so many amazing people. Like you said, we wouldn't be having this conversation if it wasn't for this podcast. What an incredible gift it has been for me. That's that's actually been one of the biggest blessings, if not the biggest blessing over the last three years are the, you know, the people. Sure, I've learned a lot from podcasting, about marketing and communication, all that stuff. All that stuff's nice. But the biggest thing really is and I feel fulfilled. I feel really fulfilled in doing it. But the, you know, just meeting the amazing people that I've met. Oh my gosh, it's extraordinary. I I wouldn't trade it for anything. I I couldn't agree more. I mean, I just like keep saying I agree, but it's true. I think podcasting is the best decision I've made in the past three and a half years, and transformed my life too. I do want to spend a couple of minutes because something you brought up when we first connected um, was the fact that you and I echoed when people get on the show, like for example, when we invite others, very rarely, but the question does come up is how many downloads do you have? Who are you? I mean, what is, you know, lots and lots of those questions. How do you answer that? Well, more importantly, like, why do you think, I mean, if a podcaster is listening right now or somebody's considering to be on the show, why is that a wrong question? Why does that question have, why does it have so little value that we talked about? 
Yes, is that it's not about the number of downloads. You can have thousands, millions of downloads, whatever. It's really about, again, this comes back to what's the purpose of your podcast, right? Are you looking to make a difference? And you can have a podcast. It's it's kind of like I have a friend of mine who has made quite a bit of money, actually, even getting clients on Instagram. He has Byron Torres. He has 200 and something followers, and he's made over $100,000 in the last year on Instagram with 200 plus followers. That's it. Why? Because he makes quality connections. He's not into mass, into, into strictly quantity. He's into quality. And that's the same thing. That's the approach that, that I've taken. And that's what you've taken. So it's really not about how many downloads you have. It's about the impact and the people that you interview. Those are the people, like you said, you know, you get clients from people that even though you're not looking for, but you know, just people get, you just get to know each other. You make connections, authentic connections with people that are on your show. That's like even better value than all the downloads and the people that are listening because you're actually having a one-on-one conversation with people. So you can truly grow your business. I don't have millions. I mean, I'd love to have millions of downloads and I'm working on learning how to do that right? But I don't have that. And actually, you know what? The, the most amazing thing, people don't ask me. I had Bob Berg on my show in January and you know he's a world-renowned speaker and so forth. I don't recall him asking me how many downloads I had, right? But that's not a surprise because his book is called The Go-Giver and he gets it. And he's like, absolutely. I reached out to him and I said, you know, I just love your work and so forth. And I acknowledged, you know, and he said, oh, this is great. You know, I'd love to be on your, sh- on your show and serve. So it's much more about the service that we give to others and it'll come back to you. So don't, don't freak out about the downloads. Somebody told me recently that the average podcast nowadays, a good podcast has like 150 downloads. It's actually decreasing right now because there's so many more podcasts. So if you check the numbers like that, you make yourself crazy. It's not about, it's not about that. Just focus on service, good quality and having fun yourself. If you're not having fun, your listeners are not going to have any fun. Yeah, absolutely. It's all that it's true. You know, people ask me about my downloads. I'll share the exact same numbers. You know, sometimes my most popular episodes I haven't checked, it's like two to 3000 per and the most popular. And then the top 10% we're talking about, you know, 800 to a little over a thousand. And people are like, what? That's it? I mean, what's the point of working on? I'm like, no, those are the better performing ones. And what then they don't know is if we don't have any content out there, you know, every day when I was in China, didn't deliver any new content. Every day there were dozens and often over a hundred downloads every day on older episodes. But if they didn't exist, then, you know, you wouldn't accumulate those things and make new connections. So thank you for, for sharing that, Nicole. I, I just remember, you know, out of the blue, we connected and you talked about so much truth. And I find the truth is so comforting, but also so empowering. I wish there there's more uh, people who are willing to talk about this. And thank you so much for this. I mean, this is wonderful. I really enjoyed it. Well, thank you for having me, Faye. And it was just a really... Hi there, it's me again. I want to thank you very much for listening to this episode and I hope you were able to learn a few things. If you enjoyed what you heard, it will be hugely helpful if you could subscribe to the Face Roll podcast. It literally takes seconds. If you're on your mobile phone, 
Just search for Phase Roll Podcast in the podcast app on iPhone or an Android app such as Podcast Addict and click subscribe. All new episodes will be delivered to you automatically. Thanks so much for your support.